So with that wonderful beginning, browsing, chanting, um, we can commence our retreat. And this is a beginning of uh, the silence, uh, the, the, in a way, working together, even as we're working individually. We're also like a team because we're all following, you know, the same schedule, the same routine, which gives a tremendous support and encouragement for our meditation practice, doesn't it? For those who are familiar with retreats, this can be very helpful, very supportive, so that we can really develop our practice over these days. So there's a kind of discipline to this, and yet it's a very fruitful and a very positive one. So um, <clears throat> I'd like to really encourage the silence, and I'd like to really encourage um, the the not reading and writing, if you can refrain from doing that, um, because we can read our hearts, we can read our own minds in these days. And it's really amazing how if we make space for this, if we avoid any other input, any external input, um, how <clears throat> the mind is able to reveal itself to us, the heart will reveal itself. And it's a great uh, journey, and often rather an unexpected one, just to see what's there, what's happening now for us. So what a great opportunity. We've got three full days of practice and a little bit extra too. I'd like to <clears throat> say a few words about the chanting because I know for some of you it's completely new. Um, it's a devotional chanting, paying homage, paying respect to the Buddha, to the Dhamma, and to the Sangha, that is the triple gem. And uh, these, these words uh, can mean very different things to different people. Um, we can make them our own. Um, there are many possible interpretations you'll gather from the chanting that the Buddha, we're referring to the person who lived 2,500 years ago, who is our teacher. But also Buddha means simply awake. It's the quality um, that he manifested. Uh, his name became the Buddha after his liberation. And it's the quality that we're also uh, wanting to develop. We're here to develop in ourselves. So we want to really uh, follow him very, very fully and very directly. Um, he was offering a, a path that we can all participate in and was no different from us in the sense that he was a human being like us and had the same struggle and the same uh, challenges um, on the path to liberation. So this quality, Buddha, this quality in ourselves, being awake, being aware, being alert, being attentive, um, we're really uh, celebrating and paying respects to this quality in our own hearts, as well as uh, the personhood of the Buddha our great teacher. The Dhamma, the truth, the teachings also means the law of nature, the way things are, reality. Uh, so this is something also that we're, in a sense, we're pursuing when we stop and we make space for what's really happening. 
within, without, then we, we are uh, on a journey towards greater truth, coming closer to what's real, letting go of what's not real, seeing the difference. And it's a journey. It's a process, isn't it? And so we're also celebrating this quality of truth and the, the, the teaching of the Buddha, which is our guidance, which is our map, which covers all the possible detours we might take and brings us forward. And the third quality that we're paying homage to in the chanting is the Sangha, which is the community of monks and nuns or the wider community of practitioners. Many different definitions, but it just really means group, means us. We're the Sangha now, and this is our particular group. And just as uh, in the monastic Sangha, we, we can see one another as brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in suffering, brothers and sisters in our potential for liberation. And so we're actually bringing forth a, a, a gratitude and a, a respect for one another when we consider Sangha and for this opportunity to be together. Um, so those are just a few reflections on this chanting, but I would really encourage you to make it your own. And um, sometimes there can be resistance to chanting. You think, well, that's not what I came here for. I came here for silence and meditation. You know, some people don't like chanting. Um, that's fine. Just notice what, what sort of effect there is for you when we do the chanting. And whatever happens is good in the sense that it's what is. Just to know. And I would say that even if you feel resistance to bowing and chanting, just do it anyway and see what happens. You know, it, we, we can notice that uh, whatever we feel, it's neither good nor bad, it just is as it is. And that's the same with the meditation sessions, with the walking, with the sitting, with everything that we're doing here over these few days. Um, our task, in a way, is simply to notice what's happening. Don't judge it. Feeling positive, feeling negative, what does it really mean? We don't need to judge our emotions. Emotion is just what it is. Feelings are what they are. And so it's a great opportunity to read the book of our hearts and let it be okay. Whatever is there is fine. More on that later. The next thing I would like to do before we actually begin our meditation is to give the opportunity for you to uh, participate in another important ceremony which we, uh, we, we can use for our practice for this retreat and which is a way of coming into the space and coming into the mindfulness practice for these days which is to take the precepts. So you know this very clearly in the Buddha's teaching is the, is the foundation. It's the ground on which we stand. It's our safety. It's our stability. And without a, a, a sense of well-being, which comes from a virtuous life, we can't really spend much time in meditation because we, we simply feel agitated. We feel uneasy. And uh, 
So we can recognize that a fundamental aspect of the path is that of sila, virtue, morality, uh, the good. And uh, we can honor the good and we can, you know, make a, make a good intention, a firm intention to keep the precepts while we're here. Uh, while we're here, um, we'll be keeping the eight precepts. Uh, normally speaking, most of you keep the five precepts. And of course, there'll be an encouragement to continue uh, the five precept practice after we leave here. But for now, for this time, um, we can take the eight precepts. The, the five, the, 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 the basic um, precepts for, uh, in relation to living a virtuous life, not to kill, not to steal, not to lie, not to uh, commit any kind of sexual misconduct, um, and also not to drink alcohol or take drugs. So these are the basic tenets, as many of you know, uh, for practicing Buddhists. And of course, you'll, you'll recognize that these are reflected in every religious tradition. They're, they're a, a part of every, every religion, every spiritual path. Um, and so these are, these are the fundamental precepts. But then we're going to take another three. We're going to affirm, we're going to um, follow the guidance of the other three precepts. Not to eat after noon. So we have the opportunity to do a sort of mini fast every day. And uh, this gives a lot of uh, help to the meditation practice, particularly in the evenings, in the mornings, when we, we have a system, we have a body that's very clear. It's not trying to digest. And so we can focus more uh, fully on what's going on. And we're perhaps a little bit more alert when we're slightly hungry or we're we have an empty stomach. So this is a very helpful precept for us. Not to eat afternoon. And of course, the meal times will, will help us with that. And then the next precept is to refrain from any kind of entertainment. So this is, we're taking this very strictly. We're going to refrain from reading anything apart from, you can read the chanting books. Chanting books are okay. But uh, nothing else. Refraining from reading, writing, of course there's no TV, radio. I hope you've given in all your your um, mobile phones and, and mini laptops and whatever else you might have on the tech front. And so we're, we're going to be uh, living a very simple life and open to the nature, the nature within, the nature without. No entertainment, no beautification, so we don't need to worry how we look. What a relief. <laughs> Isn't it lovely? Um, no makeups, no jewellery, no ornamentation, no adornment is the other part of the precept. And, you know, to encourage us in this, um, this movement away from appearances, you know, uh, movement towards uh, really uh, living a little bit uh, like hermits, even within the group, you know, so focusing our attention inward. Um, we don't need to really look at each other very much. It's nice to, to just uh, avert the gaze from one another. So you can really feel, well, who cares what I look like because no one's looking at me. And to give each other that space, 
Um, so we can avoid even even sort of uh, eye contact or, or looking at one another just to let the gaze sort of fall down on the ground in front of you or on the food that you're eating or the walking path just ahead of you um, and see what a difference that makes. It's really quite remarkable when we, uh, we stop looking around um, and, and allow our vision to become rather simple, rather functional. It's extraordinarily helpful in our meditation practice. So this is just an encouragement um, to see where that takes you. And so we're not looking at each other. We don't have to worry about our appearance. The main thing is simply to be comfortable. So you can sit comfortably, loose clothing, reasonably modest because we're in a monastery. <laughs> but other than that, um, really no need to be concerned about how we look. And the final precept, the eighth precept, is to refrain from um, lying on a, on a high or a luxurious bed. So actually, you've just got the bed you've been given here in the retreat center. But the encouragement of this precept is, of course, to not to oversleep, uh, to, to just get enough sleep uh, and not to luxuriate in, in sleep. Uh, the schedule is quite relaxed, actually. It's quite a gentle schedule for the retreat, uh, which enables people who need to sleep a bit more to do so. Um, as we get older, we perhaps some of us need a bit more sleep, uh, some less. But just take the sleep that you need. There's enough time for that uh, between the end of each day and the beginning of the next. Um, but if you if you find that you um, you don't need so much sleep, I would really like to encourage you to use this space, use this shrine room, to sit after the evening session is over. There's no time limit. For that and it's a lovely time to sit actually uh, at the end of the day and also at the beginning of the day if you'd like to come a little earlier or even very much earlier you're most welcome to do so um, so feel very free to to sit on and sit early if that works for you <laughs>